Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal. Look who's sitting here. John Hughes, my old, old buddy. I, I'm often nervous doing the show, but I shouldn't be nervous with you in the studio, John. John and I, how long do we go back? Uh, way long. Way long. <laughs> We you were, were both handsome and bulletproof for <laughs> the last time, so it's been a while. You were doing a, a story uh, for the Louisville newspaper. Which way I came from the name of it? The Courier Journal? Uh, well, it became the Courier Journal. It's, yeah. When I was there, it was the Louisville Times. So, uh, yeah, you came up to Chicago years ago, 30 years ago maybe, and we hung out. I showed you a little bit around Chicago. 19, and then, about 1981. Was it 81? Like was it really? Yeah. Man, holy mackerel. Then we went to the DR, Puerto Rico, Kansas City. Kentucky Derby, Max Club Deuce. We're definitely going to talk about that. <laughs> Saw Bukowski's grave. But now here you are in Chicago, thus the White Sox. You're in town with the Louisville Slugger Museum. Right? Absolutely. Uh, happy so, to be with, uh, with uh, Louisville Slugger at Sox Fest. Uh, just uh, having a good time over there. Been there the past couple of days. Got another day to go tomorrow. You got another day to go tomorrow. Yeah. So people find you there. For, what what? What do you present? What is the Louisville Slugger well, a booth? Or is it a booth got, or what well, is it? We've pretty much got a a miniature version of the museum there, which is uh, we feature um, a couple of things. People can come over there and see how a bat gets turned. Uh, we are making bats the way that uh, Louisville Slugger made them, going back to 1884 when the very first one was made on a, a hand turning lathe over there, and uh, so people can watch a bat get made and. The thing that I think is, if you're, if you're a baseball fan, certainly if you're a White Sox fan, the uh, one of our uh, features at the museum and uh, on the road with us is a, uh, an exhibit or a feature called Hold a Piece of History, where people can come over and actually hold baseball bats that were used in games by players that are uh, historic, influential, uh, any. Any adjective you can name for greatness, these guys were uh, using Louisville Sluggers back uh, throughout their career. I read in the notes you sent me, Joe Jackson's bat? Yeah. Really? Yeah. We What's got... that bat like? Have you held it? <laughs> <laughs> I have held it very carefully. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, it's a bat that he used uh, sometime, of course, after 1919, but uh, yeah. after he had gone out barnstorming. Uh, we got one of his bats, and uh, it's there. I mean, it's unbelievable. You walk in, and you're, you know, people come in, and they're like, "Really?" It's, I mean, it's hard to imagine. You're holding Joe Jackson's bat, and you let people do that. You don't have to wear. Don't like, even have to take off your shoes. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you don't but have to you wear do gloves have to, or anything. Do, oh yeah, yeah, you got to put on. Yeah, you got to put on the gloves. About this yeah. is like, you, you yeah, know, right. Yeah, come on! This museum kind of stuff here, man. Roberto walk in with bare hands and hold Joe Jackson's bat. So they give you a set of gloves. To, yeah. Well, you don't take them home, but yeah, yeah you right. you put them on there, and uh, yeah, it's like it is awesome. I mean, it's just, I mean, how many museums do you go into and actually hold the stuff, right? I yeah. mean, they talk about it. You're told history here. You're holding history. Uh, Joe Jackson's bats there. Uh, you know, guys. Uh, Harold Baines, yeah. you know, the new member of the Hall of Fame. His B-345. Correctamundo. What does that sir. mean? <laughs> that, <laughs> that means that the uh, his bat model was made by, uh, was designed for a player whose last name began with B, 
okay. and was the 345th person whose last name began with a B to have his own Louisville Slugger made. In this case, that was Daryl Boston's bat who made that. Uh, Daryl Boston had that, the B. What did you say it was? 345? B345 is what I wrote down. Uh Paulie's C two seventy one. Yeah, the two seventy one. That's Mr. Rod. Yeah. That, yeah, that's Rod Carew's bat. That's probably one of the C two seventy one and the C two forty three are the two most popular bats. Or uh, and uh, so his is the two seventy one. Now the one that in just in terms of those uh, the models that have significance, the one that is uh, particularly interesting is the Jim Tomey bat. You know, of course, Tommy just made it into the hall last uh, season. This season, or just a few days ago. Yeah, his wife's uh, been on the show. Yeah, a few days ago, Edgar Martinez uh, is uh, going to be making it into the hall. Well, the uh, Tommy bat is actually the model that was created for Edgar Martinez. So that bat's got two Hall of Fame connections, and it's right there, waiting for people to come over and take a look at it. And you also have Cubs bats, uh, Chris Bryant. Well, you have it, Sammy, it, Sosa's, you know, in all Sammy Sosa's cork bat. <laughs> I, I think that one is uh, in Cork, Ireland. Yeah. So we've the uh, uh, now just to be completely clear, we don't have Cubs bats on this uh, in the Mobile Museum. Yeah, I mean, we just brought White Sox bats. Yeah, right. Of course. Uh, How many White Sox bats did you bring? Let's see. Ballpark five. Five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ballpark? Did you yeah. really just say ballpark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Clemente's bad. I know you're a Clemente fan. Um, well, Clemente represents a story uh, that is uh, one of many that is uh, that you'll find in the uh, Bat Vault at Louisville Slugger in our uh, in the uh, museum in Louisville. Uh, it's a uh, it's a wonderful and a tragic and uh, uh, you know just thrilling story for a baseball fan. We have his we have a bat in there for him that was uh, made that he never got to use. Uh, the oh, scene, really? Yeah. Uh, he uh, Clementia's entire career used well among other bats. He used a, a bat the model U one made for a player called Bernard Bartholomew Uhalt. Mm-hmm. Right? You know him. You probably knew him as Frenchy, you all. <laughs> but uh, Clemente used that bat. He never had his own model. He gets, in 1972, he gets his 3,000th hit in his last at bat. Sometime after that, he sends um, sp- uh, specifications to Louisville Slugger of the bat that he wants made to be his own model. Louisville Slugger makes that bat on December 12, 1972, and then on New Year's Eve of that year, uh, Clemente gets killed in the plane crash. So, in our bat vault that people can actually come and look at again hold is a bat that used by the great one that he never got to hold himself i've been to louisville many many times especially you know a lot of times since i last saw you my brother lives in nashville so a lot of times i'll stop in louisville i'm driving to nashville but i don't know the answer to why bats in louisville what's the origin of the company in louisville because uh, that's where the people lived when they made the first one. Yeah, about as, about as simple as you can put it. The Hilrick family right. uh, had moved there, a German immigrant family that came to Louisville. And in uh, the 1850s, they had started a furniture company. And then uh, their son became very interested in baseball. You know, their their company actually predates baseball, but their, uh, their son, Bud Hilrick, um, was a big baseball fan. Uh, 1884, Louisville had a 
Major League Baseball team. Hannes Wagner Mm -hmm. played on the Louisville Eclipse baseball team. Well, the uh, long story short, Bud Hillrick went out to a baseball game to see the Eclipse play. He saw this guy, Pete Browning, another great, great baseball story. He saw uh, Pete Browning break his bat. Uh, And so Hillrick was like, was 17 years old. He goes down, he meets the uh, Pete Browning after the game. He says, look, Mr. Browning, I know you broke your bat i know that uh you know bats are not easy to come by i mean this is back in the day when guys were still making them out of wagon tongue and stuff yeah. now, bear in mind louisville slugger didn't exist yet uh but that changed because uh but hillrick convinced him to come back to the family's wood shop where ordinarily they would have been making something like a bed post or a porch spindle or something to that effect uh but on that day they made what ended up being the very first louisville slugger yeah. and you can kind of do a twin spin um i don't recall right now what the name of the stadium is where the um i don't even know what they call themselves now they used to be the bats the they are in fact louisville are they bats. still the bats it is in fact louisville uh it is slugger field it is slugger field yeah and how far is that from the about museum? Uh, eight or nine blocks so it's, you, it makes a perfect uh uh you know five hour drive from chicago to come down there see a louisville slugger game and walk your way down to well go to the louisville museum first and then walk your way down to a louisville slugger louisville's uh, a great town to, it, it really is. is. Great. It's it fabulous. Really That's why I moved back there. Is it really? Is it? Yeah, it's it's awesome. And the Ali Museum, I make that part of it. It's weekend. very it's also if you walked from the Slugger Museum to Slugger Field, uh you you can make a slight uh, half a block detour and you'll be at the Ali Center. I've got some White Sox bats trivia for you, John. Oh no. Mason Williams. I saw him play last year. He his grandfather's brother was Walt No Neck Williams, White Sox outfield. Uh you get this will shock you and your listeners in 38 states in northern Mexico, but I did not know that. Yeah, that so there, is there new stuff, a new visitor experience? What's what's on tap? It's about to be. And, uh, it, it is about to get uh, really exciting. I mean, anybody, we get a lot of, a lot of guys, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people have been uh, to our museum, obviously from Chicago, but if they've not, they haven't been to it like it's going to be uh, in just a short while the entire museum is being uh, renovated with uh, new experiences that are uh, going to give uh, guests the opportunity to uh, you know feel the process of bat making starting in a simulated forest moving their way into mm-hmm. the factory we've always uh, taken people through the factory but uh, one of the things that's being that's going to be part of the renovation is that people will start to make a better connection between what starts out as a tree ends up as a billet and turns into a bat and uh, how that bat is used in the hands of some of the best players in the games uh, like the uh, National League MVP Christian Yelich, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do? Um, I, I noticed you do. Do you do personalized bat? And are you doing personalized bats here in Chicago? I mean, yeah, what? Come on, what are you? Le- you're leading me into this moment now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. In fact, sir, do personalized bats. In fact, uh, people who are listening tonight, if they come over tomorrow to the to Sox Fest, they can uh, they can register to win a uh, personalized bat. Yeah, we put your. Uh, put your name on it. Put a message if you want to put it on that. The bats that we made, uh, the bats that we use for uh, personalized bats are the M110, which, by the way, well, I don't have to tell you this, but I know, again, for your listeners' sake, the M110 is the bat used by Mickey Mantle. And based on what I told you previously, you would rightly assume, well, the M110, that must be Mantle 110. You would be wrong, sir. <laughs> that bat was made, the M110 was made for Eddie Malone. 
Oh. Now, now, Mr. No Neck, <laughs> who was Eddie Malone? I don't know. Who Eddie, Eddie Malone, Malone actually like was. Player to me. He was from Chicago, oh. and he played for the White Sox. Oh, okay. And Mickey Mantle used his bat, and now it's soaking Dave Hoke. Oh, thank you. There Thanks a lot. Uh, we got to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, some of our travels. Luckily, we don't have a lot of time left. So, <laughs> so don't go away on Nocturnal Journal with our dear friend, John Hughes. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN with my friend John Hughes from Louisville Slugger, but there's so much more than that. Man, I don't know. We met in Chicago, and we went, I know you got me into the Derby, but I, I think about you, you know, and one time I was at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Actually, we were in Miami. It was I was covered for the Sun-Times, and I, or, there you appeared on my computer. I don't know where you were, but you're, yeah, that was the Rex Grossman Super Bowl. <laughs> but Miami, you and I wandered around Miami. I want to listen, because you showed me South Beach when it was really, I remember it reminded me a little bit of Wicker yeah. Park before it got gentrified. How'd you end up in Miami? And, and, and uh, I, I went there after working at the uh i started out in louisville then i went to the kansas city star and then from kansas city star i i ended up in uh working in miami for uh the miami news yeah in the beginning then the uh fort lauderdale sun sentinel and uh, so there i was right there slap in the middle of south beach and uh what was know, south beach like back then and t- tell the listeners it, what year would that have been i was it would have been the mid mid 80s yeah. uh, it was it was uh funky but a whole different level of funky than it is today. It, it was not your Bruce Weber kind of funky. It was, uh, I, it, well, here's a good example of it. I remember one of the stories that I did down there, uh, the, uh, on Ocean Drive. Yeah. One of, you know, Ocean Drive, it, what, what now where the Avalon and all those hotels yeah. are. One of the, I did a story about an apartment complex on, on Ocean Drive where the average age was 86. Right, no, the wacky part about that. I'll be, is, I'll be there. Soon. <laughs> no, you're gonna, you're gonna have to step up the game a little bit to get in there today because that that actual complex, that apartment complex, ended up being the uh, uh, agent, the uh, headquarters, the South Beach headquarters for the what was Eileen Ford? Was that the modeling yeah, agency? Right, yeah. The Eileen Ford modeling agency <laughs> took over a place that had been. Residents average age eighty six. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they weren't modeling for her, but it was. Uh, that's just the kind of transition period that was down there. You're yeah. such a great writer. You're such a great well, feature you. writer. You know, and I, I, I don't even know what the outlet is for. I mean, every day there's bad news about newspapers, but what a time! And and I was yeah. doing it too. I mean, just of writing these great features. I remember we used, did a thing on Dave's Bar. Dave's Bar. Yeah, you sent that to me. Dave's Bar on Fifth Fifth. Uh, street and uh on the other side on the on the other side of what is usually considered south here's the thing i remember about dave's bar i remember going in there research purely for research of course but i'm in there at like uh 11 o'clock on a no no I'm, uh, before noon on a weekday i'm in dave's bar and i go in there because it's you it's dave's it's yours i'm going in there gotta see what it's all about see if it lives up to the name turns out it did i, I i'm in there and there's this guy at the bar, and he's like bemoaning the fact that he has he doesn't have his rent money. 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I got no rent. I'm like, yeah, it's the end of the month. I'm going to get evicted, blah, blah, blah. And he orders a beer. They come over, and some, some other guy next to him says, I thought you didn't have any money. He said, I didn't say I didn't have beer money. I said, I don't have rent money. So that's the kind of place it was back in those days. You've got such a... I followed you all around the country. We went to Bukowski's grave. Yeah, uh, uh, Queen Mary, you mentioned that. I kind of yeah. forgot about that. There must have well, been shenanigans going on there. There's a lot, to, there's a lot to forget. <laughs> what did we do in the Queen Mary? I was doing a story, right? Uh, the Queen Mary didn't move. It was, it, it was like a hotel or something, right? Really? I thought it was moving. Did, did it move? <laughs> uh no, it was a. Uh, it's set up as a as a hotel, and yeah. you were staying there. You yeah. were doing some sort of story or something, or you claimed to. You yeah. might have been hiding out from somebody for all I know. <laughs> and you came to visit. Me. I did. And then yeah. we saw, and you got to know Bukowski's and wife. I did. Yeah, Linda Bukowski, uh, wonderful woman who probably is the only woman in the world who could have been married to Charles Bukowski. We went to his grave. Remember? Yeah. Remember what it said on his grave? Oh. Don't try. Don't try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did well, you? Well, you did stories. And on yeah, him here we long, are. You did stories on him on Long, in yeah. long Beach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it was. Uh, it was. It, he had just recently passed yeah. uh, when I was there, so I was writing a uh, recollection about uh, the impact that his life had on people around him and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, there's two things I want to get to in like five minutes, but um, I remember one thing I remember about you. You're you're from Alabama. You can hear the accent. You're from Alabama. Alabama, baby. Didn't you tell me what part of Alabama? Northern. Are you a Roll Tide guy? Uh, who's not? <laughs> I'm more like a, a rolled over Tide kind of guy because I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not that big on them. But I, I, we talked about this. I didn't, I didn't. Uh, this wasn't on my list of questions. But did you study for the ministry or something? I did. I studied enough to know that I wasn't going to be good for it. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I my purpose for going to Louisville was to go to seminary. And I got in seminary, and in order to pay my way through seminary, I got a job as a sports clerk for the Louisville Courier-Journal. And once I got in the newsroom, I didn't need a cathedral. That was it. Baby. That was it. That was it. Love with that. that was it. But I just wonder, with that upbringing and that, and that initial thing, was that – because I've read so much of your stuff, and you have such an empathetic ear and an empathetic eye. That had to play into that. Uh, of course it does. Uh-huh. And it ended up shaping everything that I've done since, and it's, it's a wonderful place to be from. You know, that kind of environment. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, we'll keep you on the mic for the next hour, uh, ask questions. You can kind of co-host with me. But, I mean, so then I lost track of you. I'm sorry, I'm at the Super yeah, Bowl. I get, I, get, I get some strange tech. You went to Armenia. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I That's I, the one place I didn't follow you. That We didn't, go, we didn't, well, I didn't hang know out I was going there. I thought I was going to Romania. It turns out it was <laughs> Armenia. So there you have it. And, and was it to establish a, a journalism training? Well, in the beginning, I, I, I was sent there on an assignment for the newspaper I was working that in. That was Southern in Orange California. County? Yeah, Orange County Register. Was that one of the last times we saw it? I, I don't know if I, uh, I Yeah, I was still working there when you yeah. came. Yeah. Last time I saw you, uh, yeah. I think that was the Queen Mary trip. Yeah. <laughs> or the Queen Mary non-trip, since yeah. it's just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about that. So Which one? Going, going to the Armenia. Well, I went, I, I was, uh, it was 1996. Uh, one day my editor calls me into the office, says, uh, we need you to go to, uh, to Armenia to write about a, uh, a very wonderful program that's going on over there with some uh, ophthalmologists who are doing work after the uh, earthquake and the war and things of that sort. And really, I thought I really thought she said Romania. So yeah, I'm thinking, right you know, uh, tiny gymnast, how hard can it be, right? So I'm going to go over there. Uh, and I, I mean, this is this is pre-internet, pre-everything that we have today. I remember going into our uh, in, uh, into our library to look it up, and then at some point, 
somebody said, no, it's not Romania, it's Armenia. And uh, all it said was uh, uh, Republic of the uh, so- uh, Union of Soviet Socialists. And uh, that's about all I knew about it. But I ended up there, uh, did the assignment, came back, got invited to go back to do freelance. Uh, went back in 98 to do a book. And then in uh, two th- uh, the end of 2000, uh, was asked to go over there and help start a journalism training program. We got break for the news, but how long, I don't even know how long well, you've been. This isn't news. How long, how long have you been back? When did you, when'd you move I, back to Louisville? I've been back just a few years. I've just, just yeah, been in a couple of years in Louisville. Okay. So don't go away. You're going to hang tight with us, right? I'm with you, babe. Okay. So don't go away. Uh, I'm going to have some zither. I'm really excited about this. So we have some uh, zither music after David Jennings' the news on WGN.